You're listening to Pagan Mom Podcast. I am so glad that you're joining me today. And this is a podcast where you can come to indulge in various topics regarding paganism in our modern world, merging present and past. Be sure never to miss an episode by subscribing if you feel so inclined. I'd be very grateful. Thank you. Now let's get on with it. Hey, all you beautiful souls. I hope you're all well out there. I have been very good myself spending time with my family by the sea. It's really so refreshing in so many ways. I did put a picture up on my Instagram on it, so do take a little sneak peek there if you wanna. The link is in my link tree, which you find in the description box of this episode. So I wanna welcome you all to this week's episode, which is gonna be about crystals. What does history say about the use of them? Were they around here in the Norse countries during the Viking Age? That and much more I'm gonna talk about this time around. Many pagans tend to believe that crystals are a new age thing and that only Wiccans use them. And well, I'm gonna burst that little bubble with this episode, my friends. And first of all, I just wanna say that I adore crystals. <laughs> they're not only beautiful to have around, but there's also so much you can do with them too. I've always been using crystals in some way or form and I love to wear crystal jewelry as well. So beautiful and practical to have on. And on the speak of jewelry, I was spending some time on Öland by the sea, amongst other places, and Öland is just the best. I love it there. So that's a hot tip. If you're gonna visit Sweden sometime, go to Öland. <laughs> and um, I found a little jewelry shop there with silver jewelry and crystals. This little shop itself was just adorable. And the stuff in there was amazing too. The store was filled with all kinds of large crystals too as decoration. So no wonder I was drawn there <laughs> and I wanted to buy it all. <sighs> I do regret that I didn't take pictures to put up on my Instagram, but I will probably visit them again next year. So I'll defo take some pictures then. <laughs> Another thing on the speak of jewelry, I've had the pleasure to look at the sample jewelry for the next chapter of the Viking series, which is Vikings Valhalla. Such gorgeous pieces. I really can't wait to see them in action, so to speak. And some of it, if not all, will be picked out for the show. So it will be so exciting to see which ones they put on which characters and such. The creators of the jewelry is the same as it was in the original Viking series. And I actually have some pieces from them too that was used in the series. Such gorgeous pieces, beautiful craftsmanship. And the crafters are just the best, such nice people. And they really do their pieces with heart and care. I just love jewelry. <laughs> As for the show, it should air someday in November, by the way. It's going to be so interesting to watch. Anyhow, back on track here. So first off, I just want to mention a couple of things before we actually dive into the topic of this episode. First thing is that crystals can be used in so many ways for like all purposes. And they have also become more and more popular nowadays, which I think is due to that people are becoming more sensitive to energies nowadays due to the major shift. So now they really can feel the energies more clear. And I think that is a major part of why crystals have increased so much in popularity now these days. 
Second thing I also want to point out is that everyone benefits from crystals, not only practitioners of the craft. So just because you don't work with energies like practitioners do, doesn't mean you cannot benefit from them anyways. Practitioners may use them a bit differently at times though than the ordinary person, and I'll explain more about that later on. And third thing I also want to mention is that there's many people who believe that crystals could heal diseases. This is unfortunately a very common misconception and I'm not really sure how this came to be to be honest because it's just bonkers in my opinion if you'd think that crystals alone would be able to cure the most dangerous diseases. Crystals cannot cure diseases, but they can contribute energetically to, for example, support you spiritually, mentally, relieve symptoms to a certain extent with the energetical help and make the body more receptive towards treatments. But you cannot and should not believe that crystals alone could heal diseases. It's just not true. They are indeed a very helpful tool in many ways, like the ways I mentioned before and more. But don't be brainwashed by anyone claiming that crystals are the answer to it all, because it's not a cure. It's a very powerful tool to be used in conjunction with treatment, for example, but they're not a cure. So now that we have had this little introduction, let's continue with some historical facts about crystals. So in terms of when crystals first started being used, we can find some evidence that it could have started with the ancient Sumerians. They seem to have used crystals in magic formulas, for example. The ancient Egyptians, for example, used crystals for both jewelry and grave amulets, and they used them primarily for health and protection. The crystals that was most used by the ancient Egyptians were clear quartz, carnelian, lapis lazuli, turquoise and emerald. These crystals were mostly used for jewelry, whereas they would use other types of crystals for metaphysical purposes, like protection against evil spirits and nightmares. For these kind of things, they'd use topaz and peridot. They would also use crystals for making talismans and amulets for both religious purposes as well as magical. They would also use crystals as makeup by grinding them to a fine powder, and for that purpose they would mostly use malachite and lapis lazuli. There are some rumors that Cleopatra favored lapis lazuli as her eyeshadow. And on the speak of Cleopatra and lapis lazuli, it is also said that she believed that lapis lazuli jewelry would help her getting spiritual knowledge. Interesting, right? Lapis lazuli was not only used for makeup and jewelry though, but also to color fabrics and clothes. Those colored clothes would be worn by priests and royalty only, and especially female royals to make them look more like the gods. I have my theories around this, which I think I'd make a separate episode about in the future. Lapis lazuli was also one of the stones that the priests would wear on their breastplates. So it can indicate that lapis lazuli was very much related to spiritual matters. Crystals was also very much used in rituals and especially for burials. The ancient Egyptians believed that the crystals' energetical powers would help the spirits of the dead to find the right way to their afterlife. It is also known that the priests and pharaohs placed clear quartz crystals in cylinders nearby themselves to balance their energies. And this, I find, is very interesting information. Crystal bead necklaces made of lapis, malachite and red jasper was believed to have healing properties, such as relieving symptoms for a sick person. 
Turquoise was, for example, believed to relieve headaches and help with hearing and sight, and tiger's eye was believed to help with stomach issues. They even made crystal elixirs by crushing the crystals and mixing them with water to drink. Today, we make elixirs as well, but we don't crush the crystals. I'm not sure that would have been so healthy, <laughs> to be honest. Um, we only charge the water with the help of them nowadays. So it seems like the ancient Egyptians really had great knowledge about the energetical properties of the crystals and kind of how to work with them. Fascinating, right? But it wasn't only the ancient Egyptians and Sumerians that used crystals. Let's fast forward in time a little to our favorite age, the Viking Age. Vikings also used crystals, but how do we know that? How could they even get their hands on them and why would they want to? There aren't really any hard historical facts that I can find as for now at least that could give us some insight to the concrete Viking mind regarding the use of crystals. So all we can do now really is speculate. And I love speculating and theorizing things, so here we go. But let's start with some small facts that actually is available anyway. First of all, regarding the Vikings, what we do know is that they had established trades with loads of countries in the world. For example, China, France, Spain, North Africa, Turkey and Russia, for example. They would have likely gotten the most crystals by trade from any of those countries. However, there has been some rumors since around 2011 that Vikings could have used a crystal called Iceland Spar as a tool when on the sea that they used for navigational purposes. There are no findings in ships or anything as of yet, as far as I know. But it is however suggested in the sagas that they were using a magical sunstone. Whether that was Iceland Spar, we cannot know for certain as of yet, but it would be the most likely option. But if that is the case, crystals were however not only used for practical necessities like that anyhow. There has been loads of findings of crystals and crystal jewelry in Viking graves, mostly in Gotland so far. And Gotland is believed to have been a very rich trading spot, where items from the east was traded for coins from the west. Archaeologists have found pieces of clear quartz and necklaces made of clear quartz spheres, embraced by elaborate silverwork. These balls are called fröjelkulor, since they were first found in Fröjel in Gotland. They've also found bead necklaces made out of colored glass beads and amber. And amber was greatly used by the Vikings, and it was accessible here in the Norse countries. So there wasn't really a need to really import it, but it was however also traded for with the Baltic countries. And perhaps the Vikings liked the Baltic amber better? <laughs> Who knows? And to start off with the speculating on things, I can imagine that one of the main reasons for why amber was being used and so loved could be due to that amber is just very beautiful and looks like captured sunlight. And we Swedes and other Norse people, we do love the sun when it comes here since we don't often have that climate normally. And back in the Viking Ages, I can imagine it was the same. So I can imagine why amber would be so popular to have on you to have that captured sunlight with you in the dark and cold. A light in the dark. Amber could also be looking like a warm good fire to them, which would make sense, because the very name of amber is actually pointing to this theory. Because amber is in Swedish bernsten, which comes from the German word bernsten. And bernen means brinna in Swedish, which means burning. So it would simply mean burning stone. Another reason for why amber was so popular could be that it was associated with the goddess Freya. More specifically, her necklace, Brisingamen, and her tears, which was both of amber. 
so perhaps women would want to wear amber jewelry because of the association to Freya. And on the speak of Prisingamen, that Old Norse word could actually mean something in the style of glowing necklace, which ties back to what I said before about amber and burning. But the exact meaning of Prisingamen is still somewhat debated. This all in itself is quite interesting. Why would specifically amber, a so-called burning stone, be associated to Freya, really? Why not any other crystal? So, let's start off with Brisingamen. Why does Freya have a so-called fire-glowing necklace? I believe it is symbolic for her of who she is as a goddess, because the element of fire is actually associated to Freya, and we who are connected to and work with Freya knows this. And likely, so would the Valas, Gudjur and Gudes back in the Viking Ages have known as well most likely, and hence this symbolic tale about Freya and Brisingamen was created. To explain to people who and what kind of a goddess that she is really in a way, Freya's tears would then be tears of fire too, representing her with fire once again in the sagas. But I also believe personally that the saga of Freya's necklace and tears, as well as the popularity and use of amber, can have something to do with the energetical properties of it as well. See, amber has been used in the Baltic country since like forever, and is still being used today, especially for teething toddlers. Necklaces of amber is even sold at the apothecaries, because it's said to be comforting and soothing. And that's how much people still believe in the energetical power of amber. Other properties of amber is to balance emotions, dissolve negativity, and it's also good for purification. And the story of Freya's tears seem to also want to tell us some hints of the properties of amber as well, connecting amber to tears. See, crying makes us feel better. It's soothing and purifying to us when we wash out our sorrows or whatnot through tears. And after a good cry, we feel in balance again, right? Mostly anyways. And what is the amber's energetical properties, hmm? balance emotions, dissolve negativity and purification, amongst some other properties as well. But also important to add in here is that also fire has these properties as an element and is used for these things, which we know as practitioners of the craft. Isn't that interesting? I think so anyhow. And I believe Freya, as the sorceress and teacher that she is, would have taught a spiritual person the uses of fire in magic, and that she herself is connected to that element, as well as teaching about the energetical properties of amber. Perhaps she even taught Snorra himself that too back then. Hence why the stories regarding amber is about her specifically, and none of the other deities. But that is knowledge reserved for the extra spirituals, for example. The ordinary people in the Viking Ages wouldn't perhaps particularly know those kind of details, just like it is nowadays, really. The ordinary basic pagan wouldn't perhaps see things like this in the sagas. They would only think, very simply put, Freya likes amber, amber is pretty stone, and wouldn't think more of it, really since most of the people don't have the spiritual knowledge of these things. However, I do think that people in the Viking Ages wasn't as closed off and separated as people today are regarding spiritual matters, since they were not really separating the spiritual world and the physical world like we kind of are today in a sense. They were more living together with it, and it was like normal really to talk to a Vala or a Gudja, for example, from what I can interpret. And they would perhaps see things more spiritually than we would, I think. The sagas are really full of knowledge like this, which is so fascinating. And I'm gonna go through this all in a future episode, which I'm already brewing up a little, actually.
But however, living in the Viking Age was no dance on flowers. There would be loads of hardships, sadness and dark times, so wearing a piece of fire, aka ember, would perhaps light up the darkness in hard times in the Viking people's mind. They would be able to find comfort and be reminded of the sagas of Freya, her beautiful necklace Brisingamen and her pain and tears, when wearing a piece of amber, to be close to Freya when in pain, and reminded that even gods and goddesses cry, have feelings and go through painful things. But as amber was accessible here in the Nordic countries, that too could of course strongly contributed to the popularity of amber without any doubt, and also because they just simply found it beautiful. But what also has been found in ancient graves here in Sweden, graves older than them from the Viking Age, is Olmendine garnets. And this, my friends, is very interesting in my opinion, because today garnet is called the warrior's crystal. And that's actually due to that it actually was used by warriors in ancient times, such as the Celts and the Vikings. They actually did wear jewelry or raw garnets on them in battle. And the reasons why is even more interesting. It was said Garnet gave protection, stamina, strength and power to the warriors in battle. Garnet is also said to help with reducing the blood flow, which would be very convenient for Vikings in battle if they would be wounded. Now, that is all very interesting, right? So, in regards to all that, it can again indicate that the Vikings did seem to have some knowledge and belief that crystals indeed did have powers in that sense, and that they weren't only using them for their beauty in jewelry, for example. So, on the speak of energetical powers, what about the Valas or Völvas? Did they use crystals in their practices? There's actually no actual evidence of this so far, but in the graves of the Völvas, there have been found crystal jewelry and pieces of crystals. I have heard somewhere also, though, that there was a Völva staff found decorated with clear quartz pieces. I tried searching for this information, but I wasn't successful. So if any of you know where this information is to be found, please notify me in an email or a voice message, please. If this is true, though, it would make perfect sense, since clear quartz is the crystal for making it easier to connect to the divine and other entities, as well as directing and creating energy. In other words, magic, which is what you're doing sometimes if you're a vulva or a vala. And as of the Almendine garnets being used by the Viking warriors and the Celts on the battlefield, who do you think would have told them to do so if not the Valas and the Druids? I seriously doubt that the ordinary Viking or Celts would wake up one day and be like, Pretty shiny stone, you magic in battle. So, in conclusion, I strongly believe that some things that I've mentioned could indeed indicate that people in the Viking Age was indeed aware, to some extent, about the power of the crystals as they didn't only use them for adornments, and also in regards to the sagas. And I've only mentioned a few of the crystals found in the Viking graves in this episode. There's more stories to tell, really, but I don't want to make an hour-long episode, so this is what I'll go with for now in this particular episode. But yeah, I find all this very interesting, and as time goes by, maybe we'll find more actual evidence and explanations of the use of crystals in the Viking Age in the future. But in my opinion, crystals are not just a New Age thing, based on the stuff that I mentioned before. They were used in a spiritual way in ancient times as well as in the Viking Age, in somewhat different manners perhaps, but still. And regardless, crystals do have energetical properties, vibrating in such frequencies that affect us in the specific ways that they do. This I know. This other people like me know as well. So whether or not crystals was used in this manner back in the days doesn't really matter that much. 
However, it would be a fun thing to just know how they did and such like we do with the ancient Egyptians. My final thoughts on this is that crystals have always been considered sacred through the ages, and they still are to some extent. I do not consider crystals to be a new age thing, as it's suggested by so many pagans out there today. I think it is due to that they just don't know that much about crystals and the history, so they just tend to assume. As I'm gonna finish this episode off, I wanna mention that I'm planning a crystal mini-series, beginning next week. The series is of five episodes in total, and there will be several of these mini-series in the future. Too, but I wanted to scatter them out a bit since I might not want to talk about crystals for 10 weeks in a row <laughs> if I were to do 10 episodes in each series. Anyhow, the time has come to wrap this all up, but we still have one more fun thing before we say goodbye, and that is the Swedish word of the week. And this week's word is eld, which means fire. The word eld comes from Old Norse elder. The only difference today between those words is that we've removed the R in the end. So it's spelled E-L-D. Eld. Alright everybody, goodbye and see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss any episodes in the future. Ha det gott.